0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to a a second episode of Marlin's Corner. Quite quick out the gate, just to give you all uh, a nice little treat for waiting for me for so long, I'm going to give you a musical episode. Uh, I had an amazing experience via just scrolling through Netflix, and I watched two really amazing um, properties. I watched Vivo, and I watched Centaur World. I'm going to break them down for you here and give you my review. And we're going to start off with Vivo. Now, uh, the story of Vivo. Vivo follows a one-of-a-kind kinkajou who spends his days playing and music. spends his day playing music to crowds uh, in a lively square with his beloved owner Andres. Though they may not speak the same language, Vivo and Andres are perfect are a perfect duo through the common love of music. But when tragedy strikes shortly after Andres receives a letter from his famous um, old partner to her farewell tour. Uh, In the hopes of reconnecting, it's up to Vivo to deliver a message that Andres never could a love letter to Marta written long ago in the form of a song. Yet, in order to get to Marta, who lives a world apart, Vivo will need the help of Gabby, an energetic tween who bounces to the beat of her own drum uh, to fulfill his owner's wishes. And that's uh, Vivo. Now, this is directed by Kirk D'Amico, he was um, on Boss Baby. He was a writer for The Croods. Uh, Brendan Jeffords, who's worked on who's, who's worked on Hotel Transylvania, Clyde with the Chance of Meatballs 2, and The Mitchells versus The Machine. Uh, we have writers, Kirk Domingo, going, going back to that. We also have Keanu Jueves, who is a writer for In the Heights. We have uh, Peter Bosocini, who uh, was a writer for High School Musical and High School Musical 3. So we have a very interesting mixed bag of folks who've worked in animated movies before as well as folks who've worked in musicals uh, as well kind of coming together. And, then, of course, we know that in this film um, our musical composer is going to be Lin-Manuel Miranda, which uh, he puts in overtime in this film. We know that uh, he's definitely put his hat when it comes to to cartoons before. He's done Moana, uh, and here he is giving us uh, his – talent as vivo uh and also with creating these amazing songs that are sung throughout the entire movie so again the world is playing vivo uh, you have uh Norelli Simo as Gabby, Zoe Zaldana as Rosa, Juan de Marquez Gonzalez as Andres, Michael Rooker as Lutador, and Gloria Estefan as Martha Sandoval. And we also have a special treat, Brian Tree Henry uh, as Dorenio and Nicole Breyer as Valentina, which is just fantastic. That's our cast and crew. And y'all, This film is just full of so much love and so much light. Uh, The music is, again, Lin-Manuel is no stranger to uh, writing hits. Uh, There are a lot of songs in this uh, movie that feel like they are directly pulled from Hamilton. Particularly, there's a song uh, called One More Song that's sung in here, and it feels like it could go right in The the play itself, I feel like it could just fit right in there and we were just like – See, uh, Hamilton singing one more song after his son passes away or after uh, his partner and in the, in the war passes away. Uh, but it was just, it's just wild to be a part of uh, just such great hits. Um, he writes such amazing lyrics in these love songs that are just so impassioned uh, and just so sincere that it just, it, it hits you in the chest and it makes you cry inside and also outside. This film does an amazing job really combining uh, a lot of the aspects that we see in Pixar films. Uh, we see that in Pixar films they are really good at writing a scene and having accompanying um, uh, music that kind of like really translates the sincerity and the, the sadness in the film. And they're often, you know, drawing with some lyrics sometimes, you know, i.e. Coco. Uh, and this film kind of takes to the next level. Um, we get a really uh, sad moment. We know that Andres uh grew up in Havana, and he has his partner, Marta, and they do music together, and he has this unrequited love for her that he hasn't told her yet. And on the day he does want to tell her, she finds out that she's going to be um, flying to Miami to be a star, to begin her journey as a star. And in that moment, we get some great character development. We know that um, Andres is afraid of leaving his comfort zone, of leaving Cuba. And so he decides that instead of telling her that he loves her, he's just is gonna support her and tell her to go follow her dreams. Even if that means that he himself has to stay behind with the secret of never having told her that I love you. Years later, you know, he's with evil, they're doing great, they're doing songs. Two, three times a day. They're living with music, and music is their life. And he finds out that Marta's having a reunion, a farewell uh concert, and wants to invite him to sing with to, to play with her again and to like reunite as a duo that they, you know, haven't done in a long time. And you have this part where Andres sings a song and he says that it's never too late. And he himself, as an old man, is excited, is joyous to go out there and play and sing for this woman but also present to her his love song to finally tell her how he feels at, you know after 60 plus years he has this moment he sings that song i have one more chance you know i can still do it and then unfortunately the next day he passes away and it hurts because as a viewer, you watch this old man stand up and dance and sing this song about how excited he is to live his truth, to tell his truth. You get a chance to see him turn back into a younger man and really sing the song he wanted to sing to this woman, and then to only in the next scene see him pass away. You know, albeit you know, in his sleep, it still is impactful, and it's truly sad to know that. He lived his life without ever letting someone know that, you know, they are this important to him. And we get Vivo. Who decides to team up with his great granddaughter, uh, Gabby, and they, you know, they go over to Miami, and their goal is, of course, to get this song that was written uh, by Andres to um, Marta to present it to her to answer the question that maybe she been asked, you know, that she been asking herself, like, you know, is he angry with me? Does he want to see me? You know, these are questions that she wouldn't have gotten answer without this love song, which again is sad. Because they hadn't spoken, to, they hadn't spoken to one another in such a long time that, you know, she's wondering like, are you angry with me that I haven't talked to you? Are you, you know, still around? And you get this moment where you know Vival delivers this song to her, and she herself reads it and she cries, but she also is excited to sing it. And then we have this scene with Gloria Stefan, and she sings the song. And in true lin Miranda fashion, this song, you only get the first line, like, you know, three times you they read you the first line, which is a, is a super sad song to hear out loud. You know, it's um basically the, the, the song to acquit what it sounds like is it's basically him just saying, you're about to leave tomorrow and I want you to know that you're going to go somewhere that I can't go, but know that I support you, know that I love you and know that my fear shouldn't affect you and that you need to go and achieve your dreams, but just know that my love for you will be in every song I play. Every song you play will always be connected, and that's of course me adding extra lines to it. It's just, it's just, I think it's like maybe like maybe ten or twelve words that are you know a part of that first stanza or whatever. But we get those three repetition lines. But we don't get the whole song, and when we do get the whole song. It's sung by Marta, and we get this really emotional moment where as she's singing it, just like he wrote in the song. Um, through song, she's able to bring him back into this world with her she's transported lyrically into her younger body and he's present and they're singing and playing together like old times and it's just truly emotional scene of just connectiveness that they were looking for in one another that they couldn't get and through this song they were able to to do so they were able to have this closure and it was just so impactful and just so beautiful so if this, if this sounds like something you want to watch, uh, please check out Vivo. It's on Netflix, and it honestly is just a very—it's uh, a—it's a really great film. If you are someone that likes to watch Pixar films and really go on an emotional roller coaster, uh, this movie will take you there. So check it out on Netflix, Vivo. Now, I'm going to talk about a film that isn't as serious, but. It is interesting. Uh, It's a film, it's a TV show on Netflix, and it's called Centaur World. Uh, And just to give you a brief, uh, so now it's the Centaur World. Uh, A hardened war horse is transported away from battle and finds herself in a land that is inhabited by silly singing centaurs of all shapes and sizes. Now, y'all, the people in this... um, show are Kamiko Glenn as Horse, Megan Whitley as Wink, uh Parvez China as Zulius, uh, Chris Diamantopoulos as Chad, and Megan Dong as Glendale, and Josh Randor as Durpleton, um, which are wild names uh, for this wild show. Uh, I have to say this show is not what I was expecting. I also wasn't fully uh, trying to find this show. I just been like, I heard it from a friend one time. I'm like, oh, it's a really funny show. I thought nothing of it. Um, The uh, the artwork for it looked really wonky. And I was like, am I going to enjoy something like this? I clicked watch. And it's almost an operetta. It's almost like because there's constantly a song in these films. But the songs themselves go from being silly to also being very serious to talking about um, difficulties within um, your personhood. Like, are you feeling shy? Are you feeling worried? Are you feeling afraid? Uh, Are you feeling useless? Are you feeling lonely? These songs kind of tackle that, but they also do it in this very weird world where Everything is happy go lucky, the energy is through the roof, but there are also these very serious moments. And the show does a great job of threading the two, of like acknowledging that there is a very serious uh situation happening in the world that the horse comes from and how it could be tied into Centaur world, uh, but also really tie into like, hey, like life is also about enjoying things. Um, so it's really fantastic. The singing in this is also really good. Um, I was really surprised by the level of singing that was going on and how well the singing was done Uh, a lot of these folks who were in these shows um, are like themselves professional singers we have uh leah salonga who is disney royalty who just sings uh just professionally all the time is amazing at it Uh, we also have from the cast of hamilton we have i believe her name is uh renee uh who's also in this who i believe played um and who played Eliza from the Hamilton play, because Hamilton is still attached to this. Um, Renee Elise Goodsberry is in this. Uh, and it's just the singing is so good. And I was just so surprised by how this show went from me thinking it's going to be really silly and dumb to like, Me sitting there and watching a complete season tonight, Um, it's really fantastic. A lot of the folks attached to this have, you know, again, backgrounds in animation and musicals, and they tie it together so well. The world is so beautifully done. And if you are looking for a show to watch with your kids or just watch on your own and kind of have a little chuckle, a little laugh, uh, Centaur World is that show. Um, It's nothing to take serious, but it is something to kind of uh, just rock you uh, through your emotions on this emotional journey and also make you laugh. There is a character in here uh, that is a kleptomaniac. I think her name is uh, Glendale. Sorry, Glendale. And she's... um, voiced by the creator of the show, Megan Dong, and she's by far my favorite character because she's constantly stealing something, but also she just has the most range in her reaction to what's happening in Centaur World. So again, Check it out. Check out Centaur World. Check out Vivo, two shows on Netflix that I do think are well worth your time and well worth uh, your viewership. Uh, And thank you again for being a part of this two-episode drop of Marlin's Corner. I will try to be a lot more on top of these deliveries sooner rather than later. Um, Also, all my educators. Good luck to you all. We're starting so soon, and I know we are nervous, and all I can say is just make sure you're documenting everything and making sure we're protecting our kids, even if it means calling out the districts or the school systems that we're part of, um, making sure that we're all protected, and making sure that those who are making bad decisions are accountable. Um, But... I'm going to get off my soapbox. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time with some more topics, some more shows, some more reviews. Uh, back in the corner on Marlin's Corner. Bye. This episode of Marlon's Corner was produced in Richmond, California.